I am your disgruntled host, Raider Greg. <laughs> Welcome to the show, show number 102. Well, what the hell can I say? Except for I didn't have a whole lot of confidence going into this game, and this is the reason why. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to show 102. Um, I was not there. I had an opportunity, but I had to work. So I was at the firehouse watching this with a 49er fan. And, well, you know what happened. Before I get any further into my <laughs> disbelief, shock, and awe, let us find out what's on today's show. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oak, don't you know? First story of the day is going to be Do we have to put on the silver and black paper bags? Is it time? A post game for the 49ers. Of course, we're going to go through the Raider take and listen to what Sean has to say about his five game ta- takes, which is our post game takes, which is very, very good. Always is. Thank you, Sean. And that, of course, is the Black Flag Network. And that's RaiderTake.com. Sean is the author. Need I say more? And we'll go to RaiderWay.com. Stickham is the author. Running Man is the story. It's very, very good. Something I talked about, and he talked about actually months ago and uh, we'll talk about that as well and we will hit the comments forum section where you guys are writing some serious stuff in there I'm telling you right now there's some volumes in there so I'll do my best so let's move to the first story Another day, another episode, and dudes got bored. Another story, another story to be told to the young bucks. A future hood. The silver and black paper bag. Um, <laughs> is, is it time? I don't know. You know, I said anybody arriving at the stadium with a paper bag would probably get mugged. I still think that's probably the case. But how much further do we have to go, Raider fans? Thus, if you'd look at our website, RaiderNationPodcast.com, and check out the front page, it's pretty funny. Uh, Randy did a great job. He's got a great photo there of the, the, uh, uh, <laughs> the Raider fan. It's pretty funny in a, in a bag. It's funny because you got to laugh about it because, hey, that's just the state of the organization right now. And I will go on in detail about that. But, you know, many have wondered. Uh, there's been talk about boycotting the team and boycotting the stadium. Don't you think it would be kind of funny if not absolutely point-making if the entire 30,000 that show up for our Cardinals game wear paper sacks? Would that be funnier than shit or what? I think that would be a perfect, perfect thing to do. I wish I could get the whole Raider Nation to do the sack thing because, boy, would that show Lyle Davis what the heck we thought of their, his team? Boy, you get right from us. We wouldn't have to say a word. We just he just have to look out in the crowd. Well, the media would have a field day. But I do not believe it'll happen. Matter of fact, I don't believe one paper bag will be found in the Coliseum the next game. Of course, I could be wrong. It's getting pretty doggone close to that. And need I say more? Now, I ran into a little story I'm going to add here to the uh, the show. It's, uh, it's pretty good, matter of fact. It's pretty good because it's pretty bad. And you know, Raider fans, you looked at the game, 
I mean, I watched the game in disbelief and pure horror as the myriad of buffoonery on the field continued to flow. You could certainly tell who was playing and who was sleeping on the field. So let's get into the story because it's pretty good. I like the story because, well, it's San Francisco Gates, so they're pro Niners anyways, but it really hits home. Um, it's, it's home because it's pretty doggone true. So let's just go to it, shall we? This is an article from David White. Usually I would be, you know, all over this cat, but he's he's got it down. Raiders hit the turnover trifecta and lose 24 points. Another first-half lead bobbled away in a new and oddly inventive ways. There's bad, no touchdowns in the first two games. There's worse, an 18-point lead that wasn't a victory in Week 3. Then try this one on for inexplicable size. Three turnovers in three plays that result in 24 straight points for the other team. Okay, well, the Raiders ended up losing the game, as you well know, 34-20, to an embarrassing loss to our rivals across the bay. Art Shell's response, and I quote, Yes, we made mistakes, and yes, I'm disappointed. Well, whoopity big deal, Art. You're disappointed? Welcome to the crowd. We can't do anything about it, you big loaf. You have to do something about it. Raiders coach Art Shell said, no, I didn't expect, I did not expect to be here at this particular point. Well, guess what, Art? None of us expected to be here at this particular frickin' point of the season either. Two and two would have been nice. Hey, at this point in my season, one and three would be a nice thing. But here we are at 0 and 4, losers of 10, count them 10 straight since November. And we're looking worse by the minute. How far this season can free fall, no one knows. But the Raiders are playing like a team that exploring the depths of unseen in this parts for over 40 years. I don't expect to see any kind of improvement, Raiders defensive tackle <laughs> Warren said, said, not once, but twice. It's like the floodgates just opens. It's like putting your finger in a dike. It's going to bust at some point. As it stands, the Raiders are taking on more water than they can bail. No doubt. If anyone's still not convinced, and even their own players are realizing the severity of their plight, look no further than the three blooper sequence in the first five minutes of the fourth quarter. Andrew Walter, interception. 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Walter Lamont Jordan, a backward pass. Defensive touchdown. Marcus Tuyasosopo, interception. 10 minutes and 19 seconds to go. Long gone, Raiders 13-7, halftime lead. Take off your shoes. It's 31-13. You could see any sense of things starting to fall apart like it did last game against the Browns um, two weeks ago. Um, and they had no answer for it. There was no correction at the halftime. The adjustments weren't there. And by the time Shell threw the flag this time to correct a play that was really inconsequential, when the play um, by our new tight end, or our rookie tight end, 
was actually fully inbounds, should have uh, questioned that with the red flag, but didn't, and befooled his way to a fourth punt um, because we would have made a first down. It would have been third and two instead of third and nine, when, of course, the penalty king... Um, Langston Skywalker, I think he had them every penalty for our team, if not 99% of them. Unbelievable, unacceptable. Well, in Art Shell's world, you can guarantee that the Skywalker will not be playing next game. He'll put a paper bag in its place. <laughs> he'll put a giant, you know, cardboard fixture there before he'll put him back there. So... It goes on to say that that's so many mistakes, you can't win a game, and you can't play with those mistakes. And uh, Art Shell says we're just going to have to get better and work uh, hard this week. And he's starting to sound a whole lot like Norv Turner. This is how the half went. This is our second half drive, and I want everybody to hear this because it's painful for me, doggone it, and it's painful for all of us, but we need to remember these times, but this is how pathetic this offense is. Here we go. Three plays, three yards, block punt. Boy, wasn't that a great one? Three plays, three yards, block punt. Next possession, eight plays, 50 yards, interception. Next, eight plays, 39 yards, interception. Next one, one play, minus eight yards, incomplete lateral, return for a touchdown by the 49ers. Next, zero yards, interception. The next, four plays, 61 yards, and a touchdown. We finally got a touchdown there in the second half. The next, we had six plays, 15 yards, and another interception. And the next possession, we had two plays, 20 yards, and the game was over. A pitiful ending to a pride-swallowing event. The Raiders versus the Niners, one more to choke down for the Raiders organization that is blatantly letting the fans wither on the vine. <laughs> Let's go into Sean from the Raider Take. Uh, once again, from the Black Flag Network. Check it out. He's got a great blog, RaiderTake.com, um, and one of my favorite writers, um, period, uh, sports writers at all. <clears throat> Here we go. Okay, the story is the five post-game takes. And, you know, Sean has a great way of saying things, but it's always right on the money. So let's hope I don't butcher this article. This is not a rebuilding year, I agree, Sean, as some have asserted. Mainly the coping mechanism, I presume, because it did not start out as a rebuilding year. If you all remember, of course it didn't. If it had been a rebuilding year, we wouldn't have started the season with Aaron Brooks throwing to Alvis Witted. However, we might want to embrace the idea of a forced rebuilding in which we don't really 
have a choice now. The whole crap house has gone up in flames, unless, of course, you choose to bench Andrew Walter in the midst of a second start in a game that was out of reach, in which he played relatively well. So much for rebuilding, eh? Why are we driving around in circles? What's the plan here? Where's the roadmap? I follow this team very closely, yet I cannot begin to answer these questions. Scary. What Sean addresses in his first post-game take here, that I was blown away, and not only me, but every fan that I know. Why did he take Andrew Walter out? What does that do for this young man's confidence? Does he need to get beat with a stick? Is that the next move that Arcello is going to do in his new regime? Because as far as I can see, his psyche is wanton, and it's failing our team and our fans without a doubt. That was a big time, and I mean a big time mistake, that uh, I see remnants as 94 is just, it's almost like the exact same year, except it's worse. Okay, let me go on. <laughs> Sean goes on to say he takes back everything he said about Justin Fargus, about brittle and no moves. The guy has played like a monster over the past two games. Amen. I've always liked Justin Fargus. I think he should get in there and do it. And um, he's really improved his running, like I said, too. He used to run very poor style, very poor form, and he is playing like an animal. Um, I agree 100%. That's very, very apparent to the rest of us. Better uh, by far than the type of style of running that, of course, Lamont Jordan does. Here we go. This is the third take, and this is pretty good. The Browns booted Trent Dilfer and handed the rings to Charlie Fry before training camp commenced. Fry was drafted in the third round of 2005, just like Walter. The Chargers booted Drew Brees in favor of Phillip Rivers during the offseason. This is how you develop your presumed quarterback of the future. You give him a year or two to watch and learn, and then you start him until you have sufficient information on which to base a long-term prospects. In the case of Kyle Bowler and Joey Hamilton, you find out that they didn't have the right stuff. In the cases of Eli Manning and Carson Palmer, you find out they do have the right stuff. The jury is still out on guys like Alex Smith and Charlie Fry, but the only way to acquire the requisite information is to play them. For an extended period of time, through thick and through thin, bookending a second-year guy with Aaron Brooks and Marcus Tuyoso Sopa within a four-game span is not the way to do it. Absolutely frickin' not, you stupid idiot shell. Which leads me to believe that the Raiders do not consider Andrew Walter the quarterback of the future. Brace yourselves for more Aaron Brooks to Alvis Wooded, because it's coming soon to a coliseum near you. I am desperately afraid that he is absolutely correct in this one. We are up to another Aaron Brooks, many sacks, bobbles, and fumbles. And, of course, the Alvitz Witted's classic 32-year-old guy drops and slow moves, incomplete route running by Randy Moss, and me, I go on and on. You know, right now I have to tangent because there's players like Curry that put their ass on the line. You got guys like Fargus that are running for their life. You got Jared Cooper hitting hard. You got the defense, everyone except for the front four that are, ever to do, that are able to do stuff. And I'll tell you right now, 
There are players on this team. We need to eliminate the lazy-ass, Randy Mass, Jerry Porter-ass guys out of this Coliseum. Not take guys like John Paul Fushi and take him out of the picture and wave him as our only real fullback because that was the only fullback we had. And they waved him. Thank you. Another move like the Gabriel trade. What a freaking debacle this season has turned out to be. The Raiders organization is a joke from Al Davis all the way down. I love Al Davis, but he's not taking care of business. I can't blame it on anything else but his age. That's where I'm going, and that's the way it is, and that's the way I see it. Okay, tangent over, moving on to the story. Here we go, number four. I like seeing Madsen out there at tight end. Yeah, I did too. It was great to see him. I was surprised to see him out there. After yet another drop by Williams, it was nice to see a tight end with actual hands. I don't know much about his blocking capabilities, but at this point I don't care, as long as I don't have to see Anderson and Williams putting easy balls on the turf. One after a freaking another. Desperately in need of a tight end, the Raiders are. Period. Madsen was always good. He was good in preseason. Why they haven't played him to this point, who the hell knows? Because trying to outguess or guess what this frickin' team is doing is a complete waste of energy. At this point, well, I'll, you know, at this point, I'm going to go off on another tangent. At this point, you have to realize that our whole structure of our organization, from the highest management, Al Davis, all the way down to the guy who cleans the shitters, is dysfunctional. And I will tell you right now that thinking anything other than we're going to lose is a futile, futile thought. I know that doesn't sound like a Raider fan attitude, but the reality, when it hits you, how many times do you need to hit your head against the wall to know that the wall will not give? You need to just go around the wall or lean against the wall or hang out by the wall or piss on the wall, but you're not going to go through the wall. And that's what we're dealing with here. And as Raider fans, you know, you have to deal with that. And I'm being absolutely brutally honest. And anybody who says, well, you're not a fan if you don't stand behind Al Davis, well, I've stood behind Al Davis. I still love Al Davis. I love him for what he has done, but I just wonder what he's able to do at this point in his life because it seems to me that the man that used to control his kingdom has lost a little bit. And, you know, it shows in the production of the team. All the way from the coaching choices that he's made to the draft choices that has been made to the moves, the trades that have been made to the people who have been waived, the people who have been kept, Gibson, uh, Anderson, um, need I go on? Witted, I mean, come on. How many times do you need to go through the block wall? Do I need to say it again? Take number five. Sorry to be so negative, folks, but... <laughs> but a beating at the hands of the Niners will do that. To be honest, until Walter was benched, I was relatively chipper for a guy whose team was getting blasted on San Francisco soil. I thought that despite his miscues, Walter was looking pretty sharp for a quarterback making his second start. Fargus was on fire. Curry was involved. The offensive line was firing with a measure of redemption. The play calling was much improved. 
We were losing, but it was a more fertile way of losing. At least we were producing something. One in which you might plant seeds of hope. The forced rebuilding is underway. But then Tui got the call. And that dashed everybody's hopes of the rebuilding. Now I can see now that we're going to go right back to that shitty, stupid, and I mean really dumb, um, Aaron Brooks-Alvis-Witted combination, which, well, it proved to be so successful. Thank you, Art. Thank you, Al. Thank you from the entire Raider Nation. Hey, I'm sorry, too, to be so negative, but I'll tell you, it's bullshit. It's bullshit to have any other thought than what is real. And this is real, Raider fans. Um, before I get into this next piece, I just want to go over this this tidbit because i got to let it out because it's Monday and I'm freaked out, as the rest of you are freaked out. And, you know, like I said in my last podcast, you go through phases here. Now, the last phase I told you, I'm into a phase of, well, you know what? What are you going to do? And that's what I'm in right now. I'm in a phase of don't expect the Oakland Raiders, to pull off any miracles. You know, I'm kind of looking to the Texan game as perhaps a redemption for some of the players that are putting effort in this team. But our schedule is absolutely um, brutal for us until we get to the Texans. Um, to be 0-7 in this season, uh, quite honestly, is what they deserve. It's what Al deserves, and it's what everyone deserves in the organization because they don't deserve anything else because they ain't working for it. That's for damn sure. This is a story from the Raider Way and Stickum. He is an awesome Raider fan as well, and he writes a blog, and this is what it is, theraiderway.com, and it's also part of the black flag network so check it out because he is very very good too great writer that's why i go to him um, these guys are sharp and they say what is real and not a bunch of one-sided media garbage that you get from the mainstream uh, especially the local news here in the bay area you know we beat ourselves up pretty good too so it's not like we're being one-sided but you have to put a perspective on it from someone who actually has some care uh, about the issues on the Raiders. Here we go. It's called Running Man. The fullback has always been an integral part of the old-school Raider offense, from Marv Hubbard smashing through playcast windows after games to Pete Banaszak plowing for 16 TDs in 1975 despite habitually believing he was expendable and would be cut in camp, to Mark Van Egan, reportedly pounding the D like it was a tube of Colgate toothpaste someone had forgot to put the cap on. To Marcus Allen that led blocking for Bo Jackson one play and diving over the goal line the next. To Zach Crockett running all knees and elbows like a Tasmanian devil. Crockett was once a guaranteed fourth and short conversion waiting to happen, but he is no lead blocker and never will be. For the Raiders, no blocking fullback to speak of. John Paul Fushi is gone. I ask again, this is me now, why the hell did they wave John Paul Fushi? Where did we pick up? Did we have did, did they find something that I don't see? Is there a fullback on our squad? No. We have no fullback. Unlike popular belief, Zach Crockett is not a fullback. Zach Crockett is a running back. 
He has not been a good fullback, and he's getting a little bit old to be pounding in the middle. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Yet the front page of the story was official website was the running game breaks out. Yeah, the running game breaks out all right in a fluke. Have they broken out into hives? Have they broken out into hysterics? Have they broken out into hope? We have seen Galleriam Sins leave a couple of great power sweeps. Lamont Jordan was spurring on for a 60-yard, take it to the house run on such a play versus the Cleveland Clowns. Yes, the O-line did show improvement versus the Clowns and opening holes for big gains. The line failed miserably on a fourth down run after the refs misspotted Curry's obvious first down grab. However, Jordan confessed this offseason that he hadn't studied the the blocking schemes at all last season after coming to Oakland. Jordan didn't put the time to learn the schemes. He's supposed to be the leader of our offense? I don't think so, you big dummy. My guess is the reason that Lamont Jordan looks hesitant in hitting the holes is he doesn't understand the scheme. And another reason the holes just aren't there and the blockers don't make them regularly. We don't have a fullback. We don't have a fullback. Blows my mind. Still, methinks something is missing in Oakland. Namely, backs who can block. Where is our <laughs> Lorenzo Neal, Max Strong? Are Tony Richardson as a lead blocker to get the running game on the ground? The fierce lead blocker works for LaDamian Tomlinson, works for Larry Johnson, works for Sean Alexander. Not coincidentally, those running backs typically lead the league in rushing because I have a fullback. Art? Where is our Edron James to pass protect? Peyton Manning had um, Edron to block, and he blocked great. And the Raiders, Crockett and Jordan, simply do not pass protect well at all. They don't block very well, I'll tell you right now. It's blatantly obvious they miss blocks, and they blame it on the offensive line. Where is the lead blocker to pave the way? Where is the running back to pick up the blitzers? An unorganized Oakland offensive line lets these guys into the backfield like illegal immigrants jumping across into California. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Tom Walsh, who's once touted for his ability to have tight ends pass protect during his first run with Shell a decade ago. Pass protection was supposed to be one of the specialties of the 90s. Where is it now? Now they're missing in action. At 1-3, and three, the San Francisco 49ers didn't take much to the table. And the 49ers tied for fifth most sacks in the NFL with 12. Well, there we go. Raider fans, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> it is what it is, and that's what it is. Yeah, the victories have been few and far between. How few and how far between? Well, I told you last podcast, it was 320 days as of Sunday since we had a victory. Ten games of losing in a row. When will the Oakland Raiders get tired of being pummeled at home. Who's to say? Who's to know? Who knows when the Raiders will come out of this funk? The one thing I can tell you is that they will come out of this funk. The one thing I can say is inevitably, just like the universe has to stay in balance, things 
in the universe, like football teams, will inevitably come around. I hope it doesn't take as long as it took for the Green Bay Packers. I hope we don't suffer through pain and anxiety of years of disappointment like the Detroit Lions or the Texans. Can you imagine being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, Raider fans, we are Raiders. Our team are the Oakland Raiders, and they've been the most winning team until this season. Um, So we can only hope that we will improve and get better. As a nation, we got to stick together and hope that a good old Al makes some good moves out here and changes stuff. He cannot be blind. He cannot be blind. Don't forget, he did let Shanahan go. He was much younger then. And notice I'm saying a lot about his age and his health. No one really knows how Al Davis feels. No one knows how his mind is working. I did notice at his speech at the uh, Hall of Fame, he really struggled with some thoughts. For the first time, really, that I could notice, Al Davis was having a hard time putting it together. And so I can just equate that to the condition of the Oakland Raiders. So let's get to the comments forum section. Daniel and Chino is, is pretty funny. This is the first one. Prove me wrong. In my family, we have a weekly picks contest. The one person out of six will win $250 at the end of the season based on the total numbers of correctly picked games. And for each one of these games, I pick the Raiders to win. Well, it deeply hurts my heart to say <laughs> to myself, to the rest of the Raider Nation, that today. I will be picking the 49ers to win, not because I want them, but because I think they will. But please don't misunderstand me. I would be ecstatic to see the Raiders prove me wrong, even if it's against the 40 Winers. Well, you picked the right team, Daniel. You won because you picked the 49ers to beat the Raiders. And you know what? There's a lot of guys here at the firehouse that got rolled over because of this game, and they paid some big-time Oh, I'm talking, there's dollars, big dollars, there's dinners, there's wine, there's beer. Um, It's pretty insane. I told you, there's a lot of stuff going to change hands, and it changed into the wrong hands this weekend. Preacher comes in, he talks about the first half. You know, he said, what do we have to do? Continue to protect Walter. We didn't. Continue giving ball to Jordan and Moss. We didn't. Stop Gore and place a measure... The pressure on Smith, we didn't. Eliminate the mistakes, penalties, we didn't. Let's go get them Raiders, we didn't. Okay, Raider Greg comes in with, losers, we are now the worst team in the NFL. Our season is a joke, as is our team. I was flipped out that weekend, and that's what I wrote. I left it on there because that's what I wrote, and that's how I feel. Raider Frank. I love Raider Frank. Raider Frank comes in with freaking. After another promising start, the Raiders to continue to blow it. It's now the fourth quarter, and Tui has thrown a freaking pick. What the hell's going on? First play, I really don't know if Al should, should wait for two years on this thing. I think it's all about the attitude and motivation. Obviously, the players aren't buying into the game plan or the system. Hopefully, the Raiders can mount a comeback 
A lot of things have to go our way. Oh, hell yeah. I'm still going to wear my gear no matter what. Go Raiders. Raider Frank, man, he is a true fan. Raider Frank, don't mess around. He's hanging in there. Uh, Frank's one of those patient kind of guys. Um, he lets it out, but, you know, he, he's pretty calm about it. He, he he's, uh, he's pretty calm about it. Um, he's pissed though. I know that for sure. Frank ain't happy and he ain't easy going about this shit. He's pissed. Okay. The assassin, the assassin comes in the obvious. I can't even decide what to say. It's glaringly obvious. The team lacks everything from good coaching to talented players. We are so devoid of playmakers on defense. It's pitiful. Both lines suck. No one on the offensive line would be considered as a starter on other teams. Then again, what do you expect for an organization that builds its team around fast defensive backs? Screw them. Screw them all. I'm done. And the assassin comes in again. One more thing. Brace yourselves. We are starting down the barrel of a win this season. Yeah, I believe you're right, brother. If we just made Walt Harris look like Lester Hayes, imagine how Chump Bailey's going to look. We are a bad team on all fronts. Been a Raider fan for 30 years. Yep, I've never seen and felt so freaking low. You know, assassin, I got to hand it to you, brother. You say it like it is, and you're just speaking the spirit of the Raiders. And you're speaking our whole mentality right now. We're all feeling like we're kicked in the teeth. And um, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Alex comes in with, wow. Yes, the Raiders now, hands down, worst team in the NFL. It's the Niners. The Niners. They might as well just make the Raiders go into a high school team and take them out of the NFL. They look like a high school team. You're right, Alex. I hope, I hope everyone gets cut. I hope Randy Moss gets traded to a team. Um that his record doesn't get tarnished any longer. Let's go ahead and let's send him to a good team where he can win some games. Well, maybe that's the best thing for everybody. Well, here's the bright outlook for you. What if Brooks does come back and we can win some games? What if he can possibly rally behind him and turn this thing around um, and get some motivation again? At the bottom he says, oh, wait, I'm talking about Oakland. Yeah, see, that's kind of the mentality, man. I'm here to tell you. Um, that's the mentality of the Raider fan. That's not the mentality. It's just the brutality of the Red Nation right now. And I got a lot of these things to go. Raider Rick, freaking pitiful. And here he's talking about the game. And I'll go over this too. Okay, I was at the. I I was one of the faithful with my gear on behind the Elkin bench today. And I must say the team has given up. Rick, I agree. The team is folding. They were laughing, joking, and screwing around all game. Archell does not have control and must freaking go, along with Mr. Private Idaho and half the team. These candy asses, overpaid, whining, sniveling, punk-ass biatches we have on this team uh, that dare to call themselves professional athletes. These guys are nothing but a bunch of pathetic, money-hungry punks it's no longer about winning and commitment to excellence. Those days are long gone. It's all about rides, his, their bitches, uh, their entourage, their bling, their Hollywood homies, and sucking every doggone penny out of the organization. 
I think Al needs to take a look and step aside or make some changes. On the conservative side, the Oakland Raiders and its copyrighted logo and the league revenue-sharing rights bring between 215 and $240 million a year, according to many reports. That leaves me to wonder why Al doesn't call it a wash and start from the beginning, because he's making plenty of money. As far as I'm concerned, get rid of Moss, Porter, Gallery, and Sapp, and Gibson for sure, then start spending some money on some free agents, at least try to make a mark in the league. Uh, drafting people with character and heart. Say all you want about Bill Parcells, but the big tuning always fields his team with guys that put forth the effort and do their very best and give their willingness to win and giving all of themselves. He has never had premier talent in the league yet. He has gotten 110% of effort and wins more than expected, and that's way more than we're getting. I could take losing, actually, and be content as long as I could as a fan see guys busting their asses and just needed coaching and experience. Our problems go way deeper than coaching and staff and players. It's mentality of the owner and its draft philosophy as well. I wonder what receiver or DB we will take in the first through third pick next year. No shit. Well, you know, we'll probably get another speed guy. Yeah, I'm so sick and freaking tired of it. I was thoroughly embarrassed as a fan, and I'm not going to keep putting up with this crap. I will no longer buy season tickets if they don't start making some changes, not even uh, talking about winning immediately. He's not talking about winning immediately. Um, Raider Rick here is just talking about doing something to make the team a better team. Um, Al has to do something. He has to come out. He has to make a statement. He has to move things around. He's got to shake things up. Um, at least the fans have respect him for that. I agree, Rick. Uh, give the team to Rob, Rob Ryan. Um, you know, people are saying, screw Al Davis, screw Art Shell. Um, and even somebody was even calling for Rob Ryan's head to leave. Well, this is at the game. But that's not fair because the D was the only thing on the field that played for 35 to 40 minutes. Our D is actually even better than last year, but does not have an answer for quick backs and screen passes. Not yet. There was a guy two rows in front of me with a Donko's polo and a windbreaker on, and he was doing some type of charting and literally every play. He was probably an advanced scout for them, the Broncos, because we play them. If he was, he saw all he needed to see and picked up his binoculars with five minutes to go in the third quarter, and he bailed. Has it come down to that, that we are so freaking bad? This is the lowest Raiders have been in 30 years I've been following this team. I know Greg will try to put a positive spin on the, on this because that's the type of guy he is. However, I wish him luck with this one. There's no positive. Rick is out. There's no positive, Rick. What can I say? Colorado Chris comes in with a question mark. Now what, Greg? I look to you for inspiration because right now I am done. And now I get to deal with weeks worth of crap wearing cowboy horse riding stupid ass Bronco fans. I don't even feel like typing. Tommy, I feel your pain, bro. What a week. Yep, you know, Colorado Chris is out there in hostile territory, worse than what we are. Chris, man, I feel for you, brother. My heart goes out to you, man. Uh, I know you're taking some shots. I know you're taking some shots. The only console I can give you is that someday you will have, you'll be able to give them out to everybody you see. Um. But I feel for you, especially if you're wearing your stuff, man. I know you get pummeled everywhere you go. 
everybody here in the Raider Nation is getting pummeled as well, wherever you may live. Even this guy in Germany, Kolja, I think is that's how you say his name. Oh, my. Now, you know what? This guy's in Germany, and he probably doesn't take half the hits that the rest of us do because, you know, they're they're not really as much into it. And he probably can go around wearing his Raider stuff and not get the hits. However, he has a good philosophy, and I like to give him praise for this thing he wrote here. And I hope you can take some positive out of it because I got a lot of this thing. Oh, my. It has finally happened. The team has given up. For whatever reason, my guess would be that they're playing against the coaches, something which happens over here in German soccer quite often. They might be right in that the coaching staff, with notable exceptions, are not suited for the job anymore. But that doesn't make it right. Most people pay thousands of dollars just to see them. And there's nothing I would rather do than finally get to see a real Raider game in person. I stated it in an early posting that we should be proud to be Raiders, and we should still be. We have a history. We are the Raiders. Players, coaches come and go, but we are always here. So don't hide behind any bag. Stand tall and proud. The only ones making fools out of themselves are the coaches and the players. Be proud. We are Raiders. They are not. Greetings from German Raiders and the Clone Centurion. Well, there you go. See, I think that's true. I think we are the Raiders. I think the fans are the Raiders. I think when people think about the Raiders organization, they think about us, the fans. And I think right here that he has a great point in that we should stand proud because these bonehead coaches and the bonehead players are the ones who are making the mistakes. Al Davis, you know, I'm sure he's taking some hits from somewhere. Uh, he's the owner. And, you know, especially when we lose to the San Francisco 49ers, he's not going to be very happy. From the Tokai Raider outpost of the Raider Nation, Robert Moorhead comes in with, Go for the jugular! Today's radio quote from Tom Flores, I think it's verbatim. It's from the old, the old uh, core. When you smell blood, you go for the jugular. Once again, the Raiders have showed their biggest problem is coaching. No halftime adjustments, just like in a Cleveland game. The offensive line is playing better, which is opening up the running game, and Huggy Bear is playing great. If they could make some adjustments against the Browns and the 49ers, uh, two teams that suck, they're going to get their asses handed to them by real teams. Yep, that's true. Why did they bench Walter Fertui? What does that accomplish? Four games into the season, and we're already playing our third-string QB. Echoes of Rick Meyer, Rob Johnson, whoever else played that year. And why does poor Tory continually shoot himself in the foot by throwing picks as soon as he gets the ball? Uh, in his first start against Detroit after Gannon got hurt, Tui threw a pick in his first pass. At least uh, he didn't fumble consecutive possessions like he did last year in New York. Aaron Brooks did that for him in Baltimore. I know, what a freaking, you know... I just cannot even believe it. You know, the more I think about this, even doing this podcast, I'm getting flipped out about this freaking team. And, Robert, you got the thing right on the money here. I... <laughs> uh, that's all I can say right now. Let me continue. Maybe we could make the games more fun by turning them into drinking game. And he goes on to talk about this drinking game and 
Now, if they make a mistake, we get to drink. <laughs> we'll all be drunk, he says. That's pretty doggone funny. He says here he's just waiting for Al to hire Tom Flores to replace Tom Walsh. Just wait. It could happen. Stranger things have happened, and Flores couldn't do any worse than Walsh. Just remember to go for the jugular. It's been funny about that, but who knows? Maybe we'll, we will have Tom Flores. You know, that's unfreaking believable. Raider Marcus comes in with quarterbacks. This was sad to say, Walter's best game of the season, and I'm starting to get thoughts that we would have been better off with Collins right now. Nah. I mean, Collins has a freaking cannon. Uh, he definitely wasn't the brightest quarterbacks, but he knew how to throw deep, and he's and he could hit Moss a couple of times during the game. Last year he did. I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm just so depressed right now. <laughs> and doubt of the Raiders should just – Start somebody, anybody at QB. Start Ronald Curry for crying out loud. Well, Marcus, it's not the quarterback. Um, Walter's a good quarterback. Screw Collins. We never want to see his shadow even come across the California border unless he's going to Disneyland. I don't want that guy anywhere near the Raiders Coliseum. Even the airport. Stay away from the Oakland airport. We don't want your karma sutra coming on down here. KFC. Okay, Rick. This is a different Rick. First time here. Even the Romans went down. Boy, I know. You got to think about all these. All these things come into play when you're hitting the skids. He comes in where to start. I'll never not be a Raider fan, no matter what happens this year. I like the passion you showed in the podcast following the Browns game. We had to get pissed off. And heads need to roll. I completely agree with you about Al Davis. Let him drive the silver and black ship through the last years. After all, he's, he is the Raiders, good and bad. And we as Raider fans owe everything to him, basically. Although, I can't say I'm looking forward to the Raiders era uh, after he goes. Well, I know. I, I made a podcast about that. And you're right, Rick. You must have been listening to that one. Um, when he leaves, there's going to be a big void. And this is probably his last couple seasons alive to see his team, and this is what he's doing with it. Uh, maybe that's what we have to think of as Raider fans, and that's what has to happen. Let me go on with this, what he wrote here. Not quietly into the night, Al will go, that's for sure. I think the NFL and the ESPN is bullshit, and most of the players, especially most of the puppets who watch, just try to fit in and don't know shit about the game. And no loyalty to speak of, that's for sure, because the Raider players, the ex-Raider players, are working us over as well. For the players, it's all about getting fat paycheck, bitches, and, <laughs> and everything, and then being traded to a team um, every other year or so. You know, he's talking about the bling and everything else. The Raiders mean more to me than just a group of posers that call themselves professional football players wearing silver and black. That's for sure, and that's what we have right now. However, this is what we got right now, and I'm forever going to stick with these guys as long as they wear the silver and black and are committed to excellence. Well, they're not committed to excellence, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Nobody at ESPN, uh, those clever swine. Uh, see, that's what he, he's just like me. I hate those geeks. Remembers, remembers many of the bad years of Tampa Bay or Cincinnati or San Diego or the Rams, just to name a few, and they were league jokes. Um, more than not, more than the Raiders has ever been. But now we're in the race for the worst team ever. That's just not the case. I'm tired of these people that call themselves journalists and relish every opportunity to amplify the team's deficiencies. Let it be known that 
how bad the Raiders are. That's true. Everybody's taking their big time shots at us. I mean, most I would bet most of these swine have had bad childhood memories of being picked on and beat up by a Raider fan peer at some times in their pathetic lives. That's pretty funny. Nothing lasts forever, not even almighty NFL franchises, whom these media queers love to join ship until the next hot thing comes along. That's right, man. They dump you as soon as you lose, and they're calling you the punk as soon as you start to lose a game or two. I am not crazy, therefore I am not going to wait around and expect something different to come out of them. You shouldn't, because nothing does. To hell with the haters. Saying all that, I will still wear my Raider gear and possibly watch a live game later this year. After all, this is just a game. Something us fans have no control over and should just enjoy. It's still great to see a defense stuff on a fourth and inches. But someday, I know the Raiders will... Be on top again. They'll be top of the food chain again, and the Raiders will belong. Well, that's where they belong. And all will be right with the universe. The autumn wind will blow again and batter and bruise the league. And you know what? I can't wait until next week. Go Raiders. Great job with the podcast. You truly are a great Raider fan. Thank you very much, Raider Rick. I appreciate it. Um, I know I destroyed your little thing here, but... You have to come and see this, Raider fans. RaiderNationPodcast.com. Check on the comments forum section. I mean, there's 514 comments here, and every one of them is pretty doggone funny. So check them out. Um, this is particularly good by Raider Rick. Well, there you go, Raider Nation. That is the state of the Raiders. I don't know what else to tell you guys other than that is the state of the Raiders. We lost the 49er game, and... Um, us here in the Bay Area are dealing with that, and that's just the way it's going. We'll be looking for the next game, and we'll be giving you a pregame here later this week. Ready fans, just remember that the Raider Nation is there with you. Everyone is suffering. Um, it's funny, though, even fans that are in Detroit... Raider fans in Detroit, Raider fans in Texas. The Texans are capping on the Raiders. Okay, the Texans are capping. The Lion fans are capping on the Raiders. That's where we are. So, all we can do is look forward to getting better. That's what we can do, because that's all we can do. Because you and I aren't playing the game. We're just watching it. Until next week, until later this week, this is Raider Greg. This is a long podcast. Sorry about the length, but that's the way it goes sometimes. I had to let it out because I had to let your feelings out. This is Raider Craig, and I am 